This is the City of God podcast, where Christ meets culture. And welcome to the City of God podcast, where we are weekly discussing today's biggest cultural issues all through the lens of God's infallible word. My name is Rob Pacienza, and I am joined, as always, today by my co-host, John Rabe. John, great to see you. Great to see you, Rob. Always glad to be here and excited for another outstanding program today. And I feel like I say that every week, oh, we've got a great program, but it's true. We are, are just getting this, this incredible lineup of guests. I, you know, I have other uh, work duties here at the, the ministry, this is the most fun that I get to have is is doing these programs because we get to just talk to people around the Christian world who are people that I'm fascinated by, who I enjoy. And today is like that. Um, I, I couldn't wait to do this program because I knew we were going to interview Virgil Walker, who is uh, the co-host of a very popular podcast, uh, one that we could aspire to, uh, called the Just Thinking Podcast with his, uh, with his podcast partner, Daryl Harrison. And uh, we... He is a guy who uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed listening to their podcast. It's a lot of fun. They do deep dives into really important issues. And when I say deep dives, I mean deep dives. They do sometimes two and a half, three hour episodes. They do them irregularly. They don't do it every few days or every week. Sometimes it may take them a month to get together the info for the podcast that they want to do. But they they dig into issues that Christians need to be concerned about. And yet they have an incredible amount of fun with it. You'll find that on this program. This this is just a super engaging, intelligent, thoughtful, Christian pastoral heart uh, who's engaging the issues and helps us to do it on this program. Absolutely. I've been a big fan of Virgil Walker for a long time. Just uh, as you said, the Just Thinking podcast, we actually mention it on yeah. in our interview. Uh, you know, We both talk about our limited time. We don't have a lot of time to listen to other podcasts, but this is one that I do make a priority to listen to, the Just Thinking podcast with Virgil and Daryl. Uh, he's also, as you said, the executive director of G3. Ministries, uh, which is an incredible ministry that launched uh, several years ago. They, I think they have a conference every other year. They yep. just had their conference uh, just a few months ago, uh, but uh, we're aligned in so many ways. Our ministry and G3, a lot of the speakers you would see at G3, Vody and Owen and Owen Strawn and others, you know, would certainly be guests on our program and at our conferences. So in, in so many ways, we are aligned uh, with Virgil and what he's doing with uh, G3. In this conference, uh, uh, and actually, in our conference coming up March 14th through the 16th at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, our annual Kingdom Come Conference, he will be a plenary speaker. So uh, not only do we get to hear from Virgil today uh, via uh, the podcast, uh, but we'll have him here in person March 14th through the 16th. I'm really excited about him coming down to Fort Lauderdale. And all of you listening, watching, you can you can come to that. Absolutely. Uh, so look into that. Come, yeah. come visit us in Fort Lauderdale for the Kingdom Come Conference March 14th through 16th, where you will uh, get to. Uh, see Virgil Walker. You'll get to hear from Rosaria Butterfield and all kinds of other tremendous speakers. It's, it'll be well worth your while. Absolutely. But on today's podcast, we'll talk to uh, Virgil about a number of issues. Uh, issues. We'll talk about how biblical Christianity has been watered down in the North American church. Uh, we'll talk about the importance of biblical manhood and for the church advancing that and promoting that. Uh, God's design for men uh, in uh, the 21st century and how important that is for the sake of 
uh, future generations. And we'll also talk about uh, an issue that I know uh, Virgil talks a lot about. Uh, it talks about the issue of justice right. and, and, and the difference between the modern social justice movement and, and God's definition of justice, biblical justice. And I think he, he brings an incredible perspective as a churchman, uh, as a, a conservative evangelical, uh, and also as a black man in America, yeah. uh, gives a great perspective on why we need to uphold God's design for justice and reject all secular attempts to uh, reinvent or redefine uh, what it means to be just in our society. Which is something that the evangelical church, frankly, is not doing very well right now. And we're seeing people drift farther and farther away from biblical justice in the name of justice, which is yep. a real travesty. All right. So big fan of this man. So without further ado, here is uh, our interview with Virgil Walker. We're joined today by Virgil Walker on the City of God podcast. Virgil, so great to have you on today. Honored to be with you. Thanks for having me. So you're going to be uh, one of our keynote speakers at the 2024 Kingdom Come Conference here in Fort Lauderdale. And the theme this year is standing for truth in an upside down world. Um, yeah. What What is your charge to Christians that are hesitant to engage culture and stand for biblical truth? Yeah, they are really without a choice. Uh, the, the, the options aren't, well, I'll stand or, or, you know, or, or remain silent and hopefully live in a peaceable world. Uh, the reality is that uh, the world is coming uh, and, and they, are, they are making their stand and they're forcing us in every way, shape and form to capitulate on issues that, that biblically speaking, uh, we have historically stood upon issues of of who, uh, what is a man, what is a woman, issues related to uh, the, the the gender fluidity debate, uh, issues related to personal pronouns. Now you could be, you know, you could be fined or or jailed or or or, or something uh, as it pertains to getting pronouns wrong or incorrect. So it, it's not really an option anymore to kind of duck your head in the sand with the hope uh, that things will pass you by. We really have an obligation. Uh, and and really, our faith requires us to stand strong on on God's word in these issues. And of course, that's the the thing that that carries us through. And and boy, you talk about upside down times. It's it's amazing, even just in the last five years, how upside down things seem to have gone. Sin's always at work in the world, but my my goodness, it's it's a lot to keep up with these days. You are have staked yourself on the fact that the word of God is effective to address all of these things. You're the executive director of G3 Ministries. I had the opportunity, not not just this past one, but in 2021, I got to uh, attend the G3 conference up in Atlanta, had an outstanding time, came home with a, a pile of books about uh, a foot and a half tall. Uh, but yeah. if you would, you're the executive director of G3, and you're best known for that, that uh, semi-annual conference. Tell us a little bit about what you do uh, about the recent conference and what G3 is all about for those who don't know. Yeah, G3 stands for Gospel, Grace, and Glory. Uh, it is a, a conference held here in Atlanta. It's a biennial conference. It's every other year. Uh, it was birthed out of the local, out of a local church, Praise Mill Baptist Church. I have to explain that that's a P R A Y apostrophe S, uh, not praise like you're <laughs> clapping and praising the Lord. Uh, Ephraim Pray uh, was the man who gave the mill uh, to the church uh, about 180 years ago, and as a result, uh, he didn't want it named after himself. But it, you know, the, the 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 folks that were there said, well, that was Praise Mill, uh, Praise Mill Baptist Church, 180-year-old church, uh, Reformed Baptist Church, wanted a theology conference in their, you know, in in their uh, background and 
in, in their backyard. Uh, Dr. Josh Bice, the president, founder and president of G3 Ministries, began that process. Uh, the, the first year in 2013, the conference was actually packed here at the church, about 700 people uh, as it could fill and hold. Uh, every year it did that until 2017, where they went to a, a conference center here in Georgia, uh, the GICC, which is where, where we just held the, the, the previous one. Every year since then, it had exploded. In, in 2020, uh, 2017, I showed up on the scene and got my first G3 experience, which was fantastic. Uh, coming back in 2020, I had a podcast that uh, people know about called the Just Thinking Podcast with my partner, Daryl Harrison. Um, the, the, the notoriety of that allowed us to end up being on the platform at G3. And long story short, I would become the executive director of operations uh, for the conference. Um, in 2021, uh, when, when we had our first biennial conference, uh, we had about 6,500 people at that conference. And then in 2023, the most recent conference just held weeks ago, uh, we had 8,500 people, or wow. 8,300. I don't want to use Baptist numbers. 8,300. <laughs> Round up. Yeah, evangelistically yeah, speaking, yes. Right, right, right. Evangelistically, you know, there were 8,300 people with us here in Atlanta, and uh, we had a fantastic time. That's awesome. It is. Uh, Virgil, I saw a quote recently uh, from you, and you said, quote, American pulpits are filled with motivational speakers, modern-day super apostles, as Paul coined them. They've embraced relevance over the revelation of Scripture, unquote. Unpack that quote a little for our audience, and and why now uh, is it so important uh, for uh, us to pray for pastors to stand up for biblical truth and, and rightly handle the Word of God? Yeah, I, I think that's great. One of the, one of the goals for G3 Ministries uh, in particular is to ensure that we're equipping, uh, educating, equipping, and encouraging local church pastors. The local church is where things are at. Uh, that That's imperative. It's imperative that we strengthen pulpits uh, so that pastors and preachers can speak the truth of God so that people in, in, in the pews can, can experience that, be transformed by it, and thereby go and transform culture. What we're witnessing today is, is a lack of that strength in the pulpit. Uh, we're witnessing people giving TED Talks. We're witnessing men. I, I, I even dare, dare not call them all, all pastors because some of them are actually creating their own platforms for their own agendas mm -hmm. that are separate from the Word of God. Uh, when we see that, I think it's imperative that men who do believe the Word of God call that out, uh, identify it, and challenge those men either to align themselves biblically with the sufficiency of Scripture or get out of the pulpit altogether and go find a different profession. Uh, so I, I don't I don't say that with backing down unequivocally. I, I, I mean exactly what I say. These men are, are not are not pastors. Uh, they're, they're men who are taking advantage of platforms uh, for the purpose of their own self-promotion. And, and they're doing the body of Christ great harm in that. And, and I, I promise you in the, in the days to come, not only here, but, but in eternity, they will give an account uh, for, for their lackluster performance in those areas. So just, just as a follow-up to that, just practically speaking, for somebody listening or watching this podcast, what, what, what should, and they're either looking for a church or maybe they're becoming disenfranchised with their local church, what should be the things they're listening for, watching for, either from the pulpit or certain initiatives or, or, or just the general mission of the church yeah. in, order to, in, in order to identify and, and be discerning about the church that they choose to be a part of? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think primarily you're looking for men who are expositing the Word of God, big fancy word for explaining what God's Word says 
and what God God's word means by what God's word says. So that that's that's a that that should be a prerequisite. Uh, men who are committed to the truths of Scripture, rather than kind of putting their their finger in the air and testing the the waters, if you will, of what culture has to say about issues that God's already decided. Uh, if you've got someone you know capitulating on the issue of of uh, of gender fluidity or capitulating on the issue of of you know of, of marriage, uh, you know. These men need to be examined. The other thing is, and, and a big tell in 2020, was those who bowed the knee to wokeism. Uh, these men who, well-intentioned as they may have been, made the decision that, uh, that, that, the, that the cultural narrative of, of, of Black oppression uh, is a reality that they must do something about. Uh, and rather than, than their primary goal being proclaiming the gospel, uh, they began to embrace uh, the, these other organizations, Black Lives Matter, and articulating that in the pulpit. Or maybe not going that far, but simply saying, you know, we have to be sensitive to our Black brothers and sisters uh, in, in, in different ways. I think we've got to examine why we're doing those things, what we mean by those things, uh, and, and ensure that what we're saying aligns itself with the Word of God. The Word of God is absolutely clear that we who are in Christ have been reconciled both to God and to man, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 11 through 22. And so there's not this need for, quote-unquote, reconciliation between ethnic groups uh, that, that supersedes or that's outside of the bounds of what Scripture provides as a prescription. That's very interesting. And let, let's talk about that a little bit more, because I think that there were a lot of well-meaning pastors who saw what happened in 2020, saw what they perceived as as people in their community really hurting and felt like, OK, we, we need to, to do something about this. And, and you and I, all of us would say that uh, we believe in reconciliation. We believe that the gospel crosses racial boundaries and, and, and all other boundaries. But um, there were a lot of well-meaning people that I think didn't realize what they were hitching their wagons to when all of that got going. It's very common that that uh, most people, and let's be frank, most most white people in America have gotten the idea that, okay, we have this history, we have this legacy that needs to be apologized for. It was evil, it was wrong, uh, chattel slavery in America. Um, but what you're saying cuts against uh, some of the things that that many have have swallowed that many have believed even for you know for for well-meant reasons why do you say that uh we don't need to go down that path uh, when so many have felt like oh no no that's 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 sort of the default here we need to be apologizing we need to be showing that we're not like uh the christians of 150 years ago yeah. Well, well, the reality is we're, we're not like the Christians of 50 years ago. We're mm. not like the Christians of 20 years ago. I, I'm not like the Christian of 10 years ago. And, and if if God is working in my life, I'm not the same Christian I was yesterday. So, so the reality is there's the idea of justification, right, that, that we're right before God as a result of the finished work of Christ, uh, as well as sanctification, the ongoing work of, of glorification of, of indeed my life will align itself and conforming itself into the image of Christ. And so that should be a reality for Christians. So that should be at the forefront. Now let's go back to what you what you kind of shared as it pertains to what we saw, uh, whether it was whether it was years ago in, with, with 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 Rodney King or mm. or even you know more more recent years to, to today when you know when we when we see what what happened in, in Minneapolis. I, I'm looking at those those issues not through the lens 
of some historic framework. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the George Floyd issue through the lens of history. I'm looking not 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 in light of of slavery. I'm looking at it through the lens of biblical history. In that, all of us ours are sinners. Mm-hmm. All of us are in need of God. Uh, when I saw that event, my heart broke as everyone's heart should break, that any individual would lose his or her life, regardless of the manner in which that took place, all of our hearts should break. But to immediately subject that to the lens of some historic narrative here in America, uh, I think is, is full-hearted and wrong. And that that's really what stirred passions here in our culture. As a Christian, I have an even greater responsibility to appeal to the truth of God's word as it relates to the sinful nature of human beings, uh, as it relates to, to our need to, 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 to care for one another, as it relates to the fact that all of us are image bearers of God deserving of distinct value, dignity, and worth. And as we look through that lens, I think we, we come to different conclusions where we should pause, think, not react, not respond, but wait for information to come in before we we adjudicate what took place. What happened is the knee-jerk reaction whenever you see some kind of civil action like that to say that all of it has to do with some historic framework uh, attached to racism. And and really the reality is uh, if we're, we're going to attach it to something, we should attach it to the sinful condition in humanity and our need for the proclamation of the gospel. Mm. Virgil, another topic that you deal with often is the culture's assault and attack on biblical manhood, uh, and the war of man, war on manhood is is something that is prevalent in our culture today. And in the absence of biblical masculinity, um, uh, the next generation is. Uh, developing even inside the church a false idea of what it means to be a man. And so instead of looking to biblical truth, they're looking to the social media influencers, they're looking to YouTube and the internet. You have influencers such as uh, Andrew Tate uh, that they're taking their cues from of what it means to be a man. Uh, describe the difference between biblical manhood and the young, and the young and what the young men are learning today from the media. Yeah, there's a, there's a in, in the absence of, uh, of of biblical masculinity, uh, feminism is the actual default of the culture, uh, and 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 feminists have promoted the idea that anything masculine has to be toxic. Uh, as a result, men have 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 you know capitulated on this issue and and really become less than men, uh, identifying themselves as women and going and involving themselves in women's sports in an effort to get ahead. Or the opposite, they're they're attaching themselves to this hyper form of masculinity, uh, a, a really a false form of masculinity with the with the Andrew Tates of the world, uh, you know. And 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 I I, w- I would go on to even to say the Coach Primes of the world, right? Uh, with with all of the flamboyance and 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 bravado that's attached to that with all of the materialism that's attached to that, uh, the Andrew Tates of the world with, with all the sexual promiscuity that's attached to that, the materialism that's attached to that. And the thought is, oh, that's what masculinity or manhood is about. So the more notches on my belt that I can get for conquering women, uh, the, the more money that I can make uh, and the more bravado that I show, that means I am a man. When biblically speaking, we recognize that true biblical masculinity has everything to do with be- being a provider, uh, a prophet, a priest of your home, uh, has everything to do with being a protector uh, in that space. Uh, and thinking about the, the level of responsibility that you have, not to reflect some uh, idealistic approach in, in, in social media, but in an effort to reflect Father God, in an effort to reflect His sovereignty over the area that we've been given dominion as the Bible commands. 
Virgil, we mentioned a little bit earlier, you have a very popular podcast called Just Thinking with your co-host, Daryl Harrison. And uh, you guys uh, have also produced a, or in the process of, of producing a book series uh, connected with that, also called Just Thinking. I want to talk about the books in a moment, but but first, let's just talk about the podcast for a moment, because uh, for those listening to us who haven't heard it yet, you can find it everywhere, and it's well worth listening to. You guys do deep dives on, on a number of... Of, of important topics, you know, two and a half, three hours of research stuff. I've heard you both refer to it as an expository podcast. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, as, as I used the word earlier, just explaining, it's, it's an explanation. Uh, it, it's, it's saying what we mean and then unpacking what we mean by what we say. It really is. And so whatever the topic or subject matter that we attach or, or attack, uh, we want to do so with, with just absolute depth and clarity. And so we have no problem. It's not a short form podcast. It is absolutely a long form podcast. And we go until we feel like we've tapped out on, uh, on the subject. Uh, we're bringing everything to bear from systematic theology uh, to historic theology uh, to church history uh, to, you, you know, you name it, we're going to bring everything to bear on that topic. We want people to know and understand that uh, that the Bible is sufficient to deal with the issues of our day. Uh, and so whatever the issue, topic, subject matter is, uh, we deal with it in the most thorough and complete way so that the folks who are listening are fully equipped after that, uh, after, after listening to a podcast to really address whatever that issue is uh, in, in their, you know, in, in their uh, environments. So if you would tell us a little bit about the the book series you did, uh, the first one, Just Thinking About the State. In 2024, you're releasing Just Thinking About Ethnicity. Uh, give us a preview of that. And we've talked about those issues, but they, these these issues of ethnicity, race are, are just right at the center of so much of our current conflict. Give us a little bit of a preview of, of that upcoming book. Yeah, we're, we're excited. A lot of it is, is from some of the work that we've done previously uh, in this area, the area of ethnicity. We deal with the fact that there's only one human race, uh, that we're made up of multiple ethnicities. Uh, and so the idea that we're divided by race or that there's something different about each one of us, the reality is, the biblical reality is that there's more that we have in common. There's so much more that we're alike than we are different. Uh, the only thing that differentiates us is, is the amount of melanin in one's skin, simply because I'm blessed with a whole lot more of it than you gentlemen here <laughs> on the podcast. You know, I, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, send that to your charge, but at the end of the day, we are we are much more alike than we are dissimilar, and so that's that's Amen. the first part of the process. We cover a number of different area uh, issues related to what culture has dealt with, and and it's topics we've discussed here on this podcast, issues related to other other areas. Uh, we're excited about this particular one. I think this this will be more of a reference tool, a reference point, because unfortunately, and I say this with with seriousness, unfortunately, these issues are just rinse and repeat. They 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 come back around. Maybe maybe they're not. Maybe, maybe this is the election cycle where they're not dealing with that. Maybe they're dealing with an LGBTQ issue. But but as soon as the the election comes around, it'll be the idea of of, of making blacks and others hate one another, separating us from one another for the purpose of the of the agenda of of other people, of politicians primarily. Uh, so this will be used as a as a reference point. We talk about issues like reparations. We talk about issues related to slavery. We talk about Black Lives Matter. We talk about all, all of the things that are hot button topics in our culture. And so uh, we address those with, with the same kind of level of depth that we have on our podcasts. And uh, we're hoping that it is an incredibly helpful book. 
It's no surprise that you look at our urban cities today, they're in chaos, lawlessness is rampant, and it's ironic uh, that our society has been telling us for decades now that we need to reject the, the, the Christian theological framework of justice and instead embrace social justice and critical theory. Um, explain to our audience um, how social justice and critical theory has fallen way short of the biblical definition of justice and why the church needs to wake up once again and understand that that what God uh, outlines in scripture is the answer for justice for a flourishing society. Uh, absolutely. Well, justice, as always defined in Scripture, really is 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 about God, an attribute of God. God is just. Uh, so when we start or begin with the issue of justice, uh, we have to begin with 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 the God who is truth. Uh, we have to begin with the God who is righteous, uh, and is from is from that position that we can examine what right and wrong is, what good and bad are, what, what, what evil actually is. And so that's the framework from which we determine right and wrong, good and bad and the like. Uh, the, the idea of social justice is, is an arbitrary meter uh, that each individual decides whether or not they feel rightly or just or justly uh, uh, dealt with. Um, and, and, and if not, if they determine uh, they haven't, then the idea is that they will amass power in an effort to, uh, to, to thwart that which they see as evil. Uh, this is a subjective uh, point of view, a subjective perspective that never really uh, gets to the heart of God. Uh, if, if we ever separate justice uh, from the goodness, the mercy, the grace of who God is, uh, we've got an impotent form of justice. Uh, we have someone who's actually just trying to, 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 to to make marks, to, to get their own agenda ahead and to, uh, and, and to push forward their own personal uh, ideas. And, and, and that's, that's never, ever what's intended by God. God, we, we, we serve a thrice holy God. Uh, and if we understand that and, 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 and attach to that his justice, uh, we would never fall for anything short uh, of that kind of justice. Mm, that's good. It is. It is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Uh, Virgil, I'm I want to ask you something from a, a personal standpoint. Uh, you know, the reality is um, that if you have a biblical worldview, if you are concerned about what Scripture says, that is going to be countercultural in a number of ways. Um, that is going to cut, and, and frankly, it's going to lead you to not. I'm not talking about politics here. I'm not talking about parties, but it is going to lead you to certain conservative conclusions about about marriage, about gender, about about sexuality, about atheistic Marxism and, and social justice and so forth. Um, as someone who believes the biblical viewpoint on these things, um, I don't think it's any secret to anybody that in the African-American community, um, that makes you a, a minority. Uh, that puts you in a, a relatively small minority in the, in the African-American community. What is the experience of, of having to be so countercultural, uh, even among uh, black Americans? And, and what do you experience in that regard? Because I know, you know, you hear from Thomas Sowell, you hear from uh, the late Walter Williams and others. They, it, it, it frankly can be fairly brutal. I'm curious about what your experiences have been pushing back like that. Yeah, it, it, I've, I've kind of been in this lane for quite some time. I've all, I've long been 
a, a contrarian to begin with, uh, I, I, from a standpoint of just ideology. Uh, you add to that kind of my, my political leanings and political background, uh, it, it, it doesn't help the issue. Uh, I, I, I'm even further outside of, you know, of, of my uh, uh, folks who look like me. Uh, the experience has been has been brutal. Uh, it, you know, I, I, some of some of the most some of the harshest criticism uh, that I ever receive uh, and names that I get called uh, threats that I receive uh, are never from people who, you know, who, who look like you, you gentlemen here on, on, on the podcast. Uh, but but folks who folks who look like me and share my, my level of melanin, uh, that that doesn't frighten me. That doesn't scare me off. Um, I, I recognize if I'm standing on biblical truth, uh, I am standing in, in the majority. Uh, regardless of of the arrows that come my way, and and again, we we as as Christians, as Christian brothers, uh, we we stand in a long line historically of people who would be willing to not only take a stand, but who would be willing to give their lives for what they believed. And so far be it for me, A, to complain about such treatment or B, uh, to believe that I'm somehow, somehow some kind of a martyr uh, given you know the, uh, the, the back and forth that I take in social media uh, or, or the emails that someone sends or, the, or even, the, even so far as maybe sending a letter my direction. That's a far cry from, from the martyrdom that, that, uh, that our Christian brothers faced in the first and second century. So you, you're not gonna hear a big complaint from me, a big, you know, uh, poor, poor me, I'm, I'm a victim. That's that's just not how how I operate and function. But 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 I recognize I stand on the shoulders of men who suffered greatly uh, for the sake and cause of Christ, and and uh, I, I I proudly stand in that line. I love that. Uh, and Virgil, once again, uh, just thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and and thank you for your voice and for your willingness to stand for the truth. And that's why it is so appropriate that you're going to be speaking at our conference in Fort Lauderdale, March 14th through the 16th, Kingdom Come Conference. The theme is Standing for Truth in an Upside Down World. Can't meet, wait to meet Virgil in person and yes. hear him in person. And I just got to say, I, I don't have a lot of time to listen to a lot of podcasts, but I make listening to, in addition to this podcast, <laughs> just thinking podcasts a priority. So just thankful for uh, the Just Thinking podcast, the Ju Just Thinking book series, what you're doing at G3 Ministries, and uh, privileged to consider you a brother and a partner in the gospel. And uh, may God bless you in your incredible work and look forward to having you at Kingdom Come March 14th Amen. through the 16th. Hey, thank both of you men for having me. It's an honor to speak with you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with our interview, Virgil Walker on the City of God podcast. If you benefited from today's interview, uh, encouraged by it, inspired by it, I pray that you'd pass this along to family or friends so that we can together discover what it means uh, to engage culture and be informed through the lens of God's infallible word. We pray that you join us next time on the City of God podcast. And until then, may God richly bless you. The City of God podcast is produced by Coral Ridge Ministries and made in partnership with the Institute for Faith and Culture. Visit us at cityofgodpodcast.com to access all of our previous episodes. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you get podcasts. A full video version of this podcast is available on YouTube. This is the City of God podcast where Christ meets culture.